Welcome to Tech Refresh with Kim Commando and friends from Commando.com with a K. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O. Gang's all here. Kim, Allie, Ben, I'm Mike. And today our deep dive is to streaming platforms. What do you like? What do we like? What do you don't like? What's the difference? Also the scam of the week, the new tech support scam involving your IP address. Allie has that later on. And we'd love it if before you get started, you can get these delivered to your device every single week automatically with the Tech Refresh podcast. All you have to do is click that subscribe button. We appreciate that. And we'll get to the news. We start, as always, with Kim. So when I saw this headline, how much revenue tech giants like Amazon and Apple make per minute, I thought to myself, what could that number be? I mean, think about it. What do you think that number is, Mike? How much How much money do these big tech companies make Every single minute. I know it's a lot more than it used to be because it's practically doubled in the last year. But uh, per minute, um, no, I'm, I'm going to say uh, the Amazon by the time that, you know, Amazon just made since we started this podcast, uh-huh. probably about a million dollars. Oh, OK. OK. So they make Amazon is the big dog. They make about eight hundred and forty thousand dollars every single minute. Apple's next at almost seven hundred thousand. Then comes Alphabet. That's all Google's company. They're about four hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars per minute. By the way, uh, Microsoft right. three hundred and twenty-one thousand. Facebook two hundred thousand. I actually thought that would have been high mm-hmm. myself. Uh, Tesla eighty thousand. Netflix fifty-five thousand dollars every single minute. That's a lot. Wow. How <laughs> come we didn't come up? With, I mean, why didn't we think of something like this? Come on, guys. We're we're supposed to be smart. <laughs> no. Yeah, all of those. We could have come up with at least one, right? I mean, something, something. I mean, you know, we just totally missed the whole bandwagon. So if you're wondering why big tech is getting all the attention and why they're fighting, why they have big money spent lobbying in Washington, D.C., is because they have a lot to protect. Because when you think about it, what is it that tech companies and drug dealers have in common? Anyone? Come on. Allie, Ben, Mike, what, what do they have in common? Big tech companies... And and drug dealers. They make a lot of money. They do that. They do that. They get you hooked. Maybe they make you feel feel good for a minute, but then not so good. <laughs> yeah, all of that. And that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> they are the only two industries that refer to their customers as users. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Okay. Well, who's next? Ben, you're up. Yeah. Speaking of big tech, last year, the developers behind like one of the most popular games ever tried to pull a fast one and introduce their own in-app payment system on iPhones and Androids. Now you're talking about Fortnite, right? Yeah, Fortnite. That got them kicked off the App Store like immediately. So they sued Apple, calling them a monopoly because of their huge fees. Well, that trial finally started this week and it's going to go on for weeks. You're going to have Tim Cook testifying and all these other bigwigs. How it turns out, you could see a big impact of how you pay for services, pay for apps, moving forward if Apple loses. Basically, it means that developers could set their own fees and they wouldn't have to pay 30% to Apple. And if they want, they could pass those savings down to you. Well, you know, but the developers have to pay Apple something. That's what I'm saying. I mean, mean, because Apple is a distribution channel. Without Apple, and nobody would be able to get their app on that device, right? Right. Unless they jailbreak it. So I see Apple's point and I see Fortnite's stance as well. And it's going to be really interesting. Who do you think is going to win? Apple is Goliath, but I don't see Epic as David. Well, Epic is making like, what, $3 billion? Crazy numbers on yeah. this game. Yeah. I, I don't know for sure. This is going to go on most of May, but I think it'll go in Apple's favor. And even if it doesn't, 
they'll appeal it and it'll drag on. That's true. You know, and Apple can never build cars. <laughs> you know why? Because they're not going to install windows. <laughs> <laughs> With that, Allie? Yes. Have any of you heard of the Haven Protocol? Ooh, no. Haven. It sounds like someplace where I'd want to go. Yeah. What about unobtainium? Have you heard of this one? Unobtainium? Yeah. That's what uh, Captain America's shield's made out of, right? <laughs> of I thought that was, I thought unobtainium, that's like Mike's date. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Ooh, what about bad. Digibyte? Digibyte? I've heard of Digibyte. Yeah. I've heard of that. Okay. Uh, tether? Have you heard of Tether? No. <laughs> no. What about Pancake Swap? <laughs> Okay, that's enough. What are they? They're all cryptocurrencies. Just so we're all on the same page. Cryptocurrencies, it's not physical money. I can't hand you one. Not backed by a government or some standard like gold. And this week, I went on a mission to find out how many cryptocurrencies are there. Turns out it's a moving target. I checked about 12 hours ago, and it was 20 lower than what it was the last time I checked. <laughs> 9,591. So we're in almost 10,000 of these things. So 10,000 different cryptocurrencies. Yes, indeed. And running the gamut from ones that you'd recognize, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Putin coin. Have, have you heard of that one? <laughs> no, I, I think we need a commando coin. I think yeah. we, need to, we should make Gosh, one, you know, we add should. to the list. Maybe we can get them up to 10,000. So back in February, the total market cap for cryptos, the value of all the coins that had been mined so far was $1.15 trillion, with a T, dollars. Right now, it's almost doubled. It's at $2.25 trillion. That's just in a few months. This growth is absolutely crazy. It would be like the United States having 10,000 different currencies. Right? Can you imagine? Dogecoin now? Yeah. 45% of that cap is Bitcoin, just about a trillion dollars. The next second biggest, pop quiz, does anybody know what the second biggest is? Ethereum? Yes, Ethereum, firmly in second place. That's about 16.9%. And after that, it really drops off. You've got some worth a few thousand bucks, some worth a couple hundred, lots under $10, and then so many of them worth not even a penny, well, well below that. What has driven all the growth? One, Tesla, Facebook, PayPal, Visa, MasterCard, a lot of hedge funds. They're all investing in this stuff. Crazy. And then you got, like you mentioned Tesla. I mean, you can buy, you can buy Tesla mm -hmm. with Bitcoin. But Elon Musk, I mean, he proclaimed himself the father of the Dogecoin, right? Every time he tweets it, the value goes up higher. <laughs> I know. And, you know, Mark Cuban's in that game, too. He is. Yeah. There was actually a really interesting article with the, the CEO of CoinFlip, um, one of the biggest Bitcoin ATM companies. And he said, the thing you said, Kim, never invest something you're not willing to lose in crypto. Right. Because right now it just is so volatile. Did you hear that, Mike? Did you hear that Dogecoin <laughs> is now over 50 cents? John told me when, the other day. Yeah. When did you sell? I sold it probably like 31 or something like that, 31 cents. So that was, a, that was a shrewd investment that you made. <laughs> it just hit a new high of 55. 55 yeah, he yeah. also said new investors to crypto shouldn't get into Dogecoin if you think you're just going to turn <laughs> profit. There you go, Mike. Mike. Dang it. Okay. So how long, how long did it take you to lose money? In no, I, I lost money. I lost money in an hour. I mean, I bought it before mm. the show just so we could talk about it. Oh, sure. That now you're blaming we, it on me. Ten, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> nice. He's going to no, put in an expense not. report for yeah, that. Exactly. But then I, I was like one hour later, I looked at it and it was just crashing. Actually, I was good to get out then because <laughs> that weekend it went down to 22 cents Oh, but or if you had it right now. Like that. I know. At 55 oh, cents. I know. But, oh, but uh, no, they told me yesterday I was back up. I'm like, no, 
Thank you. Learn you my know, little lesson. I mean, you know, this oh. morning I got a phone call from my lawyer and he was explaining to me about how cryptocurrency markets totally changing. And I was like, I know that. I mean, this is my specialty. And then I thought to myself, you know, he was kind of like, yeah, you know, Bitcoin descending. <laughs> oh. oh. Okay. Thank you, Kim. Uh, later on, we're going to talk about streaming platforms. What do you use? What do you like? What are the differences? And in just a few moments, how to enable drop-in on your Amazon Echo. And just ahead, brand new or not true, it's uh, Tech Refresh with Kim Commando and friends from Commando.com. Welcome back to Tech Refresh with Kim Commando and friends from Commando.com. Brand new or not true is just ahead. And we're going to start, though, before we get to that, a quick tip with Ben on how to enable drop-in. Kim does this all the time and talks about it. Uh, drop in on your Amazon device. Yeah, if you have an Amazon Echo smart speaker display, I'm going to assume you know the basics. But if you have more than one, there is a feature, yes, Kim talks about, but you don't hear about it just a lot of other places. And it's called drop in. Think of it as a whole home intercom system. So you can say things like, Alexa, drop in on the kids' room or drop in on the kitchen. Uh, it's easy to set up on your Echo devices. Just open the Alexa app on your phone, tap on the button at the bottom that's labeled communicate, then enable drop-in. From there, you'll see a list of the available devices you can drop in on and try it out directly from the app or just test it with your voice on the nearest Echo. Now, you can also set it up so you can drop in on family members who don't live with you, like checking out on a loved one and vice versa. That takes a few more steps. Obviously, has to be enabled by both parties, so you're not just dropping in on anybody. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of a pretty good joke <laughs> going on there, but until then. Well, maybe, I, you know what? My parents, I bought them an Echo a while back for Christmas. And I go down there every while, once in a while, so I could probably break in and allow the device, and then I could, you know, haunt them from my apartment in Phoenix. One of my friends who has connected to our smart speakers before has changed our music on oh. Spotify from uh -huh. her house. Really? Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, nice. It's it's pretty spooky. <laughs> okay, well there you go. So maybe you don't want to enable it. For outside your home just yet. <laughs> Try the inside stuff first. But something to know, you, you everyone has to be signed up for Alexa calling and messaging in order for that to work, which grants permission. But handy feature to use as an intercom at home or to check in on a loved one somewhere else. Once in a while, the drop-in feature has actually been known to help save a life, which I'm going to get to by the end of this podcast. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We'll talk about that. And that music means it's time for brand new or not true America's newest national game show sensation where you can play and guess at home each week. Literally thousands of new products, sites, apps and services are announced in the technology world. Some are destined for greatness. Others, not so much. Oftentimes, the products sound crazy, outlandish and ridiculous. So you sit back and think, what were they thinking? And before you know it, tech just created a new millionaire. With playing brand new or not true, we will present you, the home listener, with three products, sites, or ideas, and it's up to you to decide which two of the three are fake and one is real. Now, Allie, you always have a theme, so what's our theme for this week? I do. This week, it's beauty. Okay, beauty products. Product one. This isn't going to resonate with you two, but any woman listening knows how annoying it is to put on foundation, concealer, blush, bronzer, all this stuff that you have to slap on your face in the morning. Make it easy with Blender, the smart makeup system. 
First, use the AI-enabled mirror to scan your face. This gives the system a perfect look at the shape of your face, any blemishes, discoloration, or other little imperfections. Then you take the applicator. Now, I have to admit, this thing is a little creepy. It looks kind of like a Jason mask from Friday the 13th. You load it up with your foundation and concealer, and then the mask goes to work applying it all perfectly for you based on your face. All you have to do is keep the makeup trays filled, and Blender makes that easy, too. Gives you a warning when you're running low. The system is $299. Okay, the uh, Blender AI Mirror. Number two? Painting your nails is a real skill. If you're bad at it, you end up with polish everywhere, and it chips off in a couple days. It's not even worth the work. So lots of people go have their nails done professionally, but that's expensive. Takes up a lot of time. What if you could have perfectly painted nails without lifting a finger? Nimble uses high-resolution tiny little micro cameras to take a 3D scan of your nail and then it perfectly applies nail polish to each one while warm air completely dries them. Yes, I said it applies. You put your hand in this machine and a little robotic arm comes out to apply a base coat, two coats of color, and a top coat. All you have to do is pick your color, hit start, and sit back and enjoy your manicure. It's super fast. Each hand is painted and fully dry in 10 minutes. And it uses special nail polish pods that they call capsules, and each one is good for three manicures. You get the Nimble Machine, the Companion app, and three sets of polish for $399. Got it. What's product number three? Face masks are having a real moment. Not the kind that you cover up with, but the ones that make your skin soft or glowing or smooth or whatever you're going for. Most masks are created for mass appeal, and what works perfectly for one person might not really work for you. Formulex is changing that with a custom face mask technology. First, you visit the Formulex website, you answer some questions about your skin. In about seven days, you get a shipment with everything you need. This includes the Formulex mixer, one of eight different bases, and up to six custom add-ins. Each time you want to give your skin a little boost, you open up the Formulex app. Again, you can answer some questions to get the right mix for the day, or you can choose from about a dozen preset mixes for anything from, I want to glow today, or my skin feels really dirty and I want a, a deep cleanse. You hit mix in the app, and then the Formulex mixer whips up your mask for the day. After a few beeps, it disperses it into a small container, and then you apply it like normal. The entire system is $349. This one does have some ongoing costs. You can sign up for monthly refills for 49 bucks, or you can buy as you need. Okay, the face max from Formulex is product number three. Uh, uh, Blender AI mirror. Okay, so which two of the three are false? Which one of the three is real? How much was the Blender mirror? $2.99 for the system. So it's a mirror, but then it also applies the makeup for you. Yeah, I'm going to say that one's fake. Uh, just because, I, I don't know, I just... I I think the first two are fake. My gut feeling is the first two are fake. The manicure for $3.99 is also face, fake. The face mask Formulex for $3.49 where you have to call them and answer a questionnaire or whatever about your face and then they send you the product and it's $49. Did you say per month? Yep, $49 a month for the refills if you want it to come regularly, or you can buy it as you need them. Okay, well, that makes sense to me. So I'm going to say product number three is the real product. Go ahead, Ben. All right. You know, I agree with you. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't like, well, I mean, the first one was like, I don't know, you're going to put something on your face called a blender. Yeah, it just right. seems that's like, probably not a good idea. <laughs> just, just, you know, marketing decisions there alone just didn't sound good. So maybe, who knows? Maybe true. I don't think so. And then the, the nail one, I just, I just got this. Little image in my head of a little Wally robot coming out, and you know, tiny version and painting your nails. That one doesn't really stick out to me as being real either. 
I think the last time that we agreed on the real product, we were both wrong. But I have a feeling this time that we figured it out. Don't jinx it. Yeah. So, Allie, tell us first, is the Blender AI Mirror a real product? No, it's not a real product. <laughs> of course That'd not. be cool, though. No, it's not real. And, yeah, fair point on the name, Ben. I'll go back to the drawing board on that one. <laughs> it turns out both of you are wrong. Oh, <laughs> no, again. That nail painting robot is real. It looks awesome. And I want one. Yeah, well, 400 bucks, that's a lot to paint your nails. How much does it cost to go paint your nails at like a really a normal salon? Oh, 20 bucks with tip or less. Yeah, see, that doesn't, that's what I thought. And it, it just didn't seem like <clears throat> a good investment. But you don't have to leave the house. It's done. Part of the thing, it's a whole, you got to go, you got to wait for your nails to be done. You're gone for at least an hour. Yeah. This is 20 minutes. Okay. But this thing's like a little. Keurig or something with little pods or something? Yeah, okay. it's like a little box. Okay. Yeah. And you put your individual you put your fingers in. in or the whole hand goes in. Okay. You put one hand in at a time. Wow. Well, wrong again, Ben. We'll, uh, we'll have to keep on trying. And that's it for this week's edition of Brand New or Not True. Hey, thanks, Ben and Allie, for uh, playing with us. And up next, we're going to take a look at the Deep Dive, which is your favorite streaming platform. We'll talk about what we're using, what the differences are. Ben knows all about that. And also the scam of the week, a new tech support scam involving your IP address. It's Tech Refresh with Kim Commando and friends from commando.com. Welcome back to Tech Refresh with Kim Commando and friends from commando.com. Every week we give you the inside scoop on what's going on in tech. So you're the source of tech information for your friends and family. This week, we're taking a look at uh, the Roku, the Fire TV. What's your favorite streaming device? Go ahead, Ben. Yeah. So my family, we finally completely cut the cord. No more cable, satellite, and we're all streaming. The streaming platforms that serve as the hub for all the services, the ones you hear about most often, Fire TV, Roku, to some degree, Apple TV, and Google TV with Chromecast. What I want to talk about today is what is everyone's favorite based on User interface, compatibility with apps, how affordable it is, or does it even matter? Do you just use what you've always had or whatever came installed on your TV? And I can start it. For me, Roku has always been my favorite. In terms of UI, it's simple, just blocks of your apps. Easy to find what you're looking for to install. Netflix, Hulu, Apple, it's just all there. And pretty much all the apps work except for YouTube TV, which just got pulled off. I really like the new Google TV that they put with the Chromecast except it's missing AT&T TV now, which is the live TV service we use. But the Apple TV platform is growing on me, especially now that they just released a new one that I'm kind of interested in buying. Of course you are. (laughs) So really you like Roku because you like the interface and it works with everything you use. Yeah, and it's not just cluttered with all kinds of recommendations and what you might like. It's just the blocks of apps. What do you use, Mike? I use Roku as well, but I use Roku because I had the Fire Stick TV. I used that for a couple of years. Then... Remember, they got in a little battle with uh, with YouTube and Google, and so they dropped it. Now, you could still actually get a browser and go to YouTube, but it was a pain, so I actually gave that away, and I got the Roku, been using it ever since, but I don't have the full... Do you have the full version of Roku, the box and everything? A couple of them. I've got some streaming sticks and the actual box. And you have the box that probably can record stuff if you're no don't use it for a hard drive i like those because it's got a standard remote that you can you can use a universal remote with the other ones the sticks they they use a different kind of remote i see that you can't use a universal remote with so it's kind of a 
you know, inside baseball. Your harmony gets sad every time you use that one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a big pain for me. How much are Roku's? Uh, same price as Fire TVs. Basically, they start out if you if you're looking for a basic one, uh, twenty thirty bucks. But if you're looking just for the all around good four K one, fifty bucks for the stick. Okay, that's not so bad. We have a Chromecast, um, which I like for just easy casting things from a computer, um, which we do quite often for sports, um, things like that. I use the apps on the TV. So most of the streaming services we have an LG. Most of them are you know there are apps built right in, but kind of as our hub for all the entertainment stuff. We have a PC that's in the living room that is connected to the, to the TV. So there's an HDMI cord and that's where we have, you know, that's where we stream stuff from. So it's pretty handy just to have it all in one place, kind of building our own little server. We've got a bunch of movies on the, the computer and we can access just about anything from it. Yeah. Oh, and Mike, you might like this. One of my newest Roku's is the stream bar. It's a sound bar uh-huh. with Roku just built in natively. It's, it's not very big. It's like a, now uh, twelve to fourteen inches wide, and it's just a Roku soundbar. Two questions. Yeah. One is um, the Roku. Uh, this might be a dumb question, but can I get the Chromecast uh, browser or the Chromecast on my Roku as an app, or is that just they're just completely competing products and there's no way? Yeah, I don't think you can. Okay. Uh, yeah, Chromecast is. It's so easy. If you open your a browser tab, you can just cast it right to the TV with like two clicks. That's why I like it. But then I would have okay, so I'd have to have to the browse the Chromecast on the TV, the hard drive or the you yeah, know, it's thumb a little, drive, whatever. Yeah, it's it is. the same kind of thing. One of those, you know, it's a little tiny thing you plug right into the TV. I think I'm gonna try that. And how oh. much is it pretty cheap? Oh man, they're cheap, yeah. Twenty five, thirty bucks, I think. Well, if you you can get the new one, which for about fifty bucks, the new Chromecast has Google TV built in. So you can use it to cast from your phone or your computer, or it's a standalone streaming device just oh, with all your cool. apps. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually pretty nice. And then the other thing is uh, I saw that Disney as a streaming is, has come a long, long way and is actually, um, so have, have, do you have Disney? Yeah. That's one of yes. my favorite ones right now. We got it because <laughs> during quarantine, we were so bored. We decided to rewatch all the Marvel movies and uh-huh. yeah, we use it a ton. They sucker you in because now there's all these new Marvel shows that, you know, now that you're invested, you got to keep watching. But, yeah, I like that one quite a bit. Yeah, Marvel, Star Wars, everything, all yeah. of that. Oh, cool. It's Tech Refresh Podcast with Kim Commando and friends. One of the things we promise every week is to keep you from getting scammed. So every week we talk about a new scam that you need to watch out for. And this week it's all about uh, involving your IP address. The Better Business Bureau says people are being duped with this tech support scam that says your IP address has been compromised. Now, even if you don't quite know what IP address means, you probably hear that and think, oh no, that's bad news if that happens. There are a couple different versions. In one, you get a pop-up on your computer and they use the names of well-known tech support companies and say, call this number to fix your issue. When you call, the person says that your IP address is being used by someone shady. Uh, In another version of this, you get a call out of the blue from someone who says something similar. In either case, the person says, hey, I work for a reputable company. I can help you. All you need to do is pay a fee and give me remote access to your computer. Don't fall for it. Never give remote access to your computer to someone who calls you or contacts you through a pop-up, even if you call them. Be really wary of those unsolicited phone calls. Anytime someone calls to tell you, hey, you're in danger. Well, they're trying to get something out of you. And then, of course, be careful with attachments and links in emails because those can generate those fake pop-ups that make you make that call in the first place. 
All right, just ahead, how uh, the Amazon Echo drop-in feature, as Ben was talking about, helped save someone's life. It's Tech Refresh from Kim Commando and Friends. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tech Refresh podcast, heard exclusively on the Kim Commando Explains podcast from commando.com. If you haven't already, make sure you click the subscribe button so you get these podcasts delivered to your device every single week with the Kim Commando Explains podcast and also this Tech Refresh and that also gets you the special feature uh, earlier on Tuesday every week. We have a special feature for you. This week, it's Itai Mayor, and he is a well-known cybersecurity expert and international security expert uh, on how to keep yourself safe and what to watch out for. And we talked about even nation-to-nation scamming on this podcast. So look out for that and just go to uh, either commander.com slash podcast to listen or look up Commando, K-O-M-A-N-D-O, on your favorite podcast player. All right, we have an Amazon Echo drop-in feature that helped save a woman's life. Yeah, earlier in the podcast, our tech tip was about how to use the drop-in feature on your Amazon Echo, and this goes to show how it can be more than just a convenience. So last July, an Ohio woman goes outside to do some yard work. She takes out her little handsaw, and she starts trimming the bushes, when all of a sudden she begins feeling burning sensations on her hands. Well, that was the result of a swarm of yellow jackets she had just angered. Yeah, they stung her more than 10 times on her hands, her legs, her back. She ran inside. She asked her young kids to find some Benadryl, but realized she was quickly losing motor functions. Yeah, she tried calling her husband and she collapsed. Her husband knew something was up. So he called in using the drop-in feature on the Echo to help talk the kids and a neighbor through saving her, turning her on her side, using an EpiPen. And they were able to help stabilize her until paramedics arrived. And, you know, it turns out she has a rare cell disorder that makes even a single bee sting worse than what most people experience. But eventually she did make a full recovery. Wow. Good news. Very good news. Awesome. Hey, if you'd like to comment about the podcast, good or bad, mostly good, send us an email to podcasts at commander.com. Again, that's podcasts at commander.com. On behalf of Kim, Ben, Allie, I'm Mike. We'll see you next time. And for the latest digital news articles anytime, go to commando.com with a K. K K-O-M-A-N-D-O. K-O-M-A-N-D-O.